when it comes to caring what other people think, when it comes to finding out who you are as an individual and truly being content with that, it brings so much power to the spirit. And before I even start, I just want to say this. No matter who you are, we have all struggled at least one time in our lives with caring about what a certain somebody or what people in general think of us. Every single one of us have. I don't even care if you sit here and you say, no, I haven't. Yes, you have. But I asked on Instagram, I went on my Instagram story last night, and I said, what's truly influenced you to stop caring about what other people think? And I got some really good responses. We're just hopping right into it. And I'm going to keep these responses anonymous because I don't know who wants me to say who it was. But most of these were similar. And some of these really stuck out to me because it did truly make me realize, wow, I could sit here and say that I care about, you know, validation of other people when I'm feeling low when I'm not necessarily finding my identity in Christ. So let's just get right into it. So the first answer that somebody said to me that I want to talk about, they responded and said, fearing God more. And I feel like there's a big perception of what it means to fear God. One thing I'm very strong about is you should never put someone in fear to repentance and to salvation because our God is a God of love and he's not a feeling. God's love is perfect love. It's love that we can't even describe. It's love that we can't even put into words or into feelings, but it casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This verse makes it clear. Fear brings torment. In Proverbs 9, it speaks about the fear of God. And I dug deep into this because when this person responded and said that the reason why they stopped caring about what other people think is to fear God more, it led me to think like, What does it truly mean to fear God? What does this actually mean to me? How can I talk about this to influence other people to feel this way too? Because it obviously helps this person. Like, should it help me? Should it help them? Remember that all of us, all of us as individuals have cared about what people think, but we also all have these like rational fears that help us be cautious in our lives. Like the fear of our parents, if they saw a car was about to hit us as a child, or the fear of rejection from other people. It could literally be in any type of circumstance. Most of us have experienced this torment, but most of the time, where is this torment truly coming from? It's coming from the king of lies, the father of lies which is the enemy. When you take a step back and you realize what this could mean to this question I asked, it means God is not this source of 
fear that we feel. Fear is nothing but the attack of the enemy. And in order to not have this fear, in order to put aside what other people think of us and truly develop this sense of self and sense of who we are and understand God is the most important part of our lives. It's not necessarily who we are. It's not necessarily what these people think of us. We must receive God's love. In 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. False evidence appearing real. That spelled out is the type of fear that God wants us to challenge and overcome. Trust me when I say I completely understand that receiving power, love, and you know, a sound mind rather than enter like entertaining fear is way easier said than done. I could sit here and I could say that. I could sit here and I could say, hey guys, cast out all of your fear. It's so easy. It's not easy to stop caring about what other people think of you. But there's this common description of fear that may remind you to stand on the word of God when you are feeling fearful. The evidence that we're faced with in our lives actually appears more real to us and more, but that's where our faith comes in. Because believing the promises of God becomes difficult when everything we're seeing in our lives is putting this focus on the care of other people, putting the focus on the fear we've developed in our own flesh. It seems almost as if it's like the opposite of God's word. It's the opposite of what he tells us because we're like, well, I'm trusting in you. I have my faith in you. Why am I still so scared? Why am I still caring so much? That is when our faith is put to the test, which that is something God will do. People who can sit here and say, I I don't know God. Like, what do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. I don't even know if I believe in him. I don't even know if he's real. Remember that when you receive salvation and you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, this does not mean that your fears and your promises are going to go away. It does not mean that the validation of what other people think of you and your worldly desires are just going to vanish from you instantly. Our faith is going to be put to the test. But that is when we must trust that he loves us. And he wants us to love him. He wants us to give to him all these burdens that we feel so we can see that for ourselves. Another one that I really wanted to talk about is in relation to my old worldly life, which revolved a lot around partying and going out. If you're unfamiliar with my testimony, that was pretty much a very big part of my life. A very, very big part of my life was I was in a sorority. I was going out constantly. It was just my validation. It was my validation for three years of college. It was how I developed friendships. It was how I had my friends. And this person said, when I realized that everyone who is successful went through, air quote, it and remains unbothered by opinions. And then he answered again, And he said, also, the realization that most people don't stick around after the party ends. 
stay humble. When I say this, I don't mean this in a way that's like negative about this person or negative about me or negative about what God has done for my life, but about 85% of people who I used to call my best friends for the rest of my life, people who will always be by my side, people who I never would have seen in a million years not be in my life anymore. The minute I stopped partying, I lost all of these people. I watched people who I used to be so close with unfollow me. I watched these people. Let me just say right now before I even start explaining this, one, it has nothing to do with me or them. But if I did not have the spirit, if I did not see the see myself the way God sees me, see the blessings God has brought into my life, I would care about what these people think of me. I would care so strongly about it like is what I'm doing bad because now they don't like me because now they don't want to see me on social media. They don't want to know what I'm doing. The blessings that God does for us is not always what he's giving. As human beings, we could, I'm sorry if you hear the wind right now. Do you hear like wind? Cause it's really strong right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, blessings that God has in our lives or will do for us are not always necessarily the things that he gives to us. Rather, what he's taken away from us is actually saving us. It's actually feeding our spirit and starving our flesh. When this guy said also the realization that most people don't stick around after the party ends, that's what he responded when he said, I stopped caring about what people think. But most people still live in this facade that I still have to go out and go do these things, even nights where I don't want to or I don't feel well or that happened to me. But when I tell you, because God has taken this certain part of my life away, not the people, one specific part of my life that I thought was my whole life, he actually took it away in order to help me receive his love. It was actually putting more fear into my life than it was his love. Somebody said, there's only one me on this earth. It's a disservice not to share who I authentically am. When I read this, I'm like, that is so true because you are so unique no matter who you ever try to be, no matter who you need that confirmation from. And the truth is not everybody's going to like you either. It's just the truth. If you're living a life that's trying to be pleasing to everybody, which I have done before, it actually is like tearing me down. It, it was tearing me down so much more. It was making me feel like I was losing my sense of self. Somebody said self-confidence and surrounding yourself with love from friends and family. When we hear self-confidence, I feel like we get it very mixed up between having confidence versus being a selfless person. Our self-confidence isn't actually coming from us when we're living for God. I sit here and I remember when I used to, when I was in the beginning of my walk with Christ, I was so hard on myself. When I received conviction, I actually started to become extremely guilty and I'm like, I, I just keep messing up. Like, it almost pulled me away from God and that is why our guilt 
isn't set from him. I'm filming this in the middle of the day, so there's a lot of like cars going past. I don't know why this microphone takes the most sensitive things, but I'm sorry about that. But this is ultimately where somebody said, diving deep into the identity of Christ and realizing how hindering it was to real living. That's where this comes in. The more you can dive deep into the love of Christ is the more you can dive deep into your identity. It's the more you can reflect on who you are that helps you become this type of person who does not need that validation to be seeked. Somebody said, the realization that my old self has been crucified on the cross. That's in relation to what I said about it not being about us. It's not, it's not about us. The media, who we are, our flesh, it's all about Jesus. Everything that I have turned into, everything that I have transfo quote, transformed into as a human being in order to develop my sense of self now has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with others, but everything to do with Jesus Christ and what he has done to save me. Somebody also replied and they put the Bible verse of Galatians 1.10 and then they said, if I were trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant to Christ. So I'm going to read this Bible verse to you guys. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant to Christ. This is so good. Literally everything, every circumstance, honestly, even if it's not specific, every single circumstance we could ever think of as human beings that we struggle with or we fear is in scripture. The Bible is not a book, it's a love letter. Now we realize that when we put our identity in Christ and we have him as our foundation, nothing that anyone could think of us or say to us will tear us down into how we feel about ourselves. Someone said, when God showed me what he thinks of me. So we must remember that Jesus is our foundation and we are the church. 1 Corinthians 3.11 makes it clear that Jesus is our foundation. It talks about it in this verse. He is our rock. And if we build our lives upon him, we're not going to be shaken. His completed work on the cross, what he has done for us. I don't know where you were specifically when Jesus found you, but I can speak for myself when I say that I was in the complete midst of this world. I was completely, everything that involved the world was something that I loved. I still love fashion and beauty and skincare and stuff. It was a different perspective that I had when I was living in the world. I loved secular music. I loved movies that weren't good for me. TV shows that weren't good for me were not feeding my spirit at all. I 
loved fashion and skincare, but I was doing it in the wrong way. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't staying pure. I wasn't developing my sense of self. I kind of just always wanted to follow trends. I always wanted to do what other people were doing and what I thought was trendy and popular because I wanted that validation from other people. I always knew of Jesus. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a non-denomination church, but I did not know who he was and I did not know the purposes of his commandments. So because of that, I was so stuck in the world. I was so stuck in trying to find my sense of self by doing what I thought other people liked about other people's sense of self. It had nothing to do with Jesus at all. I didn't place him in my life at all. When we actually allow God to be this foundation, we're allowing him to be our master builder. We're allowing him to take steps for us and lead us and guide us in that direction. We're basically allowing him to construct our lives to help us define our purpose. And when we do this, it will last. 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious you also as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house. When we realize that we are God's children, we received this unconditional love. We become the church. And what happens when we're this church and he is the foundation of that church, we build these blocks that build up that church. And you're probably like, what are you talking about? This isn't making any sense. It's not a building. It's not a physical building, but it's a body of believers. The church is not a building that you go to every Sunday. Does it help? Yes. Should you do it? Yes. But we are not a physical building. What it means to be the church means we are the body of Christ in one. We are undivided. No matter what denomination you are, no matter what you define yourself as, no matter how you found Jesus Christ, you are saved and you receive salvation and you believe and have faith in Jesus Christ, that makes you a part of this church. Who we become when this happens to us and when we receive this, when we place Jesus in this spot, we are not of this world anymore. So our desires are going to change from that. You do not have to sit there and pick and choose what you want to desire because it's going to happen for you. We are chosen by him and we're so precious to him. And this is so valuable all because he paid such a great price for us. With Jesus as this foundation, we can stand through anything, literally anything. No matter how much someone is trying to shake this house and make us fall and make us break, he stands firm for us. Our flesh will feel fear, but if our foundation is all through spirit, we will never feel need to feed flesh. So the one last thing I want to talk about today, if you want to build this house that's under this foundation, 
think of the word. You cannot just hear a really good sermon and say, wow, that was so good. I'm going to imply that into my life. You have to be a doer. James 1.22 says it like this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. When we're having a hard time trying to get rid of these lies of the enemy, what will happen is we'll create further problems by lying to ourselves and saying, I love what I just heard. I'm going to put that, I'm going to use that in my life as a daily reminder, but then we don't do it. When we become wise, when we actually imply God's word into our lives, put our faith in him, this will build the house. When Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descend, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. That's when we become strong and we're not shaken by the lies of the enemy. That's when our house is going to be a sure foundation. That is when we know putting our faith in Jesus Christ will never tear us down. Nothing in this world, nothing of this world, nothing anyone can say to us or think of us will ever be able to tear us down because that's not where we get our confirmation from. Obviously, I made my point over and over that, you know, if we have this proper foundation, it'll help us build our life. It'll help us build our ministry. So how do we do that? By living our life according to the word of God. Hearing his words alone. And by doing this, we imply it. Because if we don't, it will not make our foundation. The goal is hear his words and do them and nothing else of this world, nothing anyone will think of you, say of you, will ever define your identity in Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. There was some really good responses on my Instagram. I hope to do that again though because I really wanted to change up my horizon a little bit and read off of what other people had to say and As human beings, we all will face struggles and trials.